Hello and welcome to the Stage Spot Podcast, a place where we talk to performers, creatives and fans about all things theatre. Hosted by Tim Talks Theatre's founder, Tim Todd. Hello and welcome to the Tim Talks Theatre Podcast, Ed Fringe Series. In this series, I'm going to be talking to various cast and creatives about their upcoming trip to the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. Enjoy. Thank you. So what's the best way to structure this for your benefit? Uh, So I've got some questions. I'm going to ask you some questions and then we can chat about it and stuff like that. Of course. Uh, so, would you be able to introduce yourself? Uh, yes, my name is Misha Alexander. My pronouns are he, him. I'm a freelance producer working uh, with a company called Women X Arts. Um, I graduated last year from the Royal Social School of Speech and Drama with an MA in Creative Producing. And I've done a variety of work with companies such as uh, Dilated Theatre Production, uh, Deadway Theatre, and I've worked in, uh, with venues including the uh, Pleasant Theatre, Soho Theatre, and the uh, Omnibus. Cool. And so some of these questions that I'm going to ask are just... Some of them a bit random, so I was looking at lot at what to ask last night. So, w- would you would you be able to tell us two truths and one one lie about yourself? There's something a bit two different. Truths. So, <laughs> yeah. uh, yes, of course. Um, two truths and uh lie. Uh, okay. Um, I've spent six months working in a cocktail bar in Mayfair. I've hiked uh, in countries such as Scotland and Spain semi-professionally, and I am an avid chess player. Cool. And would you be able to describe um, your new show in 23 words? I know that sounds like a random number, I thought. 23 words. Uh, okay, I will do my best. Give me a minute of phrasing. Okay. Um this show is part outcry, part spoken word, and explores the impact of street harassment, public safety, and the act of reclaiming one's power. Perfect. That sounds so. Sounds really interesting. Unfortunately. I'm not in Edinburgh this year. I've, I'm really busy with quite a few things, so it's a shame I can't go. Hopefully next. Well, year. we also have videos in London if that helps. Oh, cool. Um, yeah. Uh, so do you want me to talk a bit more about the show outside of Twenty Three Words, or what? Um. Well. Um. The next sort of question is. Um. Uh, what are your plans for like? Ticket sales, flyering, social media, and stuff like that. It's just. It's... So, our primary goal is to reach out to organizations 
and charities that do a lot of work uh, engaging with uh, helping people who have suffered from street harassment and other forms of um, sexual um, abuse or harassment. Uh, for instance, we're working with uh, Stop Hate UK to promote our uh, preview of the Omnibus Theatre uh, the, at the end of the month. Uh, but and we are doing this because we want to be able to raise awareness of both the resources and information done provided by these charities in order to best showcase um, what the issue and uh, make people understand the relevancy of engaging with this source material. Outside of this, um, at the moment, we're going to have like a very forward flowering campaign to begin with, whilst the majority of our team members are after that, are up at the venue in order to try and build up a good sort of like word of mouth. Uh, and then we're going to be focusing on targeted social media a bit later, as I would just be our main performer and writer up there and uh, just in order to cover a bit more ground, so to speak. We're also engaging in a lot with a lot of uh, other companies doing cross promotion and encouraging people to check out different work. And we're starting a new initiative soon where we're trying to work with the Fringe in order to promote the working class artists and help them uh, promote their show, showcase their work uh, in a environment such as the Fringe where so much money can go towards just simple things like accommodation, transport, and not leave a lot of other room for like marketing promotion, especially when you're up against companies and uh, uh, venues that can put a lot of money in things like hiring flyers directly or paying huge amounts for social media attention. And, uh, big names will automatically draw in uh, big reviewers. So our aim is to promote the sort of smaller shows that are no less good, uh, that have just as much quality and just as much to say, but just because of circumstances around their creation don't get as much of an opportunity to be showcased. Yeah, definitely. It's hard because it costs so much money for shows wherever they are to be put on, like... It just is, it's not, some people think, oh, it's really, really cheap, and it's not, though, you've got so much to factor in, like, or everything, it's just, it's great, it sounds really good, what you're doing. Exactly, and we want to, and, you know, as a result of that, the more marginalised voices, the people without the resources and without that same experience, or with it, who are just starting out, who aren't going to enter into the industry and meet and the you know fringe theatre landscape, have the odds stacked against them from the minute they want to step in the door. And I think that those are the sort of voices that we do need to promote. We do need to make sure that there are means and opportunities for these voices to still attend the fringe and not just go into huge amounts of of emotional burden and financial debt. I know initiatives have started this year, for instance, earlier this year with the 50 grants of 2,000 pounds being made available for various artists. But at the same time, considering the amount of people going up there and considering that 2,000 pounds for Edinburgh, that will cover maybe most of your accommodation, uh, insurance, and a couple of train tickets. It's not going to offset the huge amount of costs from going up there. So I do think, even if it's not just about, you know, handing the money, although there's definitely a part for that, doing, having initiatives where there are chances for newer creatives, creatives that don't have a huge amount of resources to be able to have a bit of extra help along the lines, some promotional material, some work directly with the fringe. I think that would be a very good initiative to take forth, and it's what we're pushing, and we're hoping to work with the fringe directly to create something like this. That that sounds that sounds really really good. Um, yeah, 
Um, if I go into my next question, we can go back to this. That's fine. I do. I do. I do. I do have to say I, I am block booked for the next hour, but that's not a problem. What will what will you miss most from? I'll, I'll rephrase that. What will you miss most when you while you're away from home? Uh a healthy sleep schedule. No, I think uh yeah, I think going out to the fringe is a fantastic experience, but it can definitely be a sort of echo chamber of experience. I think it's for a month where you kind of have to say goodbye to hobbies for like routines that aren't built around this and it becomes your own special world for a bit so um yeah just being able to uh pace us a little bit more and i say i'm really gonna yeah um miss the chance to just see do see and do things that aren't really in the theater context because uh, when you're up there there's so much to do and so much you want to go and see even if you're there for a long time doing anything but going to a show kind of feels <laughs> wasteful so there's definitely that, but I'd say it's definitely a trade-off worth making. It's like it sort of feels like it's gonna be like a year's worth of time crammed into a month sort of thing. It just... Absolutely. I mean it becomes its own like world and you can barely think about anything else. Like um but at the same time there as a result of that, like, you get there's so much within that, so many different companies you can meet, so many different creatives who come from all over the world, to be honest. Like I've made friends in like countries from uh from the outside of the world just from like having a chat with them outside of a show we were both cute just to go see and i think it can be a fantastic experience for that uh, i i i it sounds like the community is absolutely great but oh yeah the, the people are absolutely i always think that you know one of the best parts of the fringe when i've worked up there has just been you know chatting to company members after their show um you know forming those sort of connections with with the different actors, writers, producers, even if it's not on a personal level, just being able to remember, you know, that there are other people that are supporting you. It isn't just, you know, a faceless, massive show. There are people behind it who want to engage with you, who want to talk to you, and I think that's really nice. It, it, it does really sound amazing. Um, so when you're up in um, Edinburgh, what is there anything that you're looking forward to seeing or doing that doesn't necessarily revolve around like theatre? Uh, by that do you mean theatre is in the fringe acts in general, or more focusing on things more like comedy, more music? Things like uh, no, uh, uh, outside the fringe at all. Um, uh, well, either out outside of the of the three, I can't speak. Outside of the fringe, so to speak, or. I mean, I think Edinburgh is a beautiful city. I think um, I love the chance when I'm up there to go um, outside of just the central fringe area, go down to the bay, for instance, and get in more like the new town, taking the history. I think everyone, it, it feels like a weird thing to recommend, but if you can, I think after sea is worth definitely walking up. But yes, there are all the midges that are going to drive down, but it's such a beautiful view. Um, yeah, I think the history there is such a lovely chance. And if you are able to, uh, if you're up in Scotland anyway, going out and visiting places like the Highlands or Glasgow and getting to travel around and experience how amazing Scotland is just outside of the fringe is just always a worthwhile thing to do. 
Yeah, that, that sounds really good. I, I went to Scotland years ago. Oh, I can't that, really... Yeah, I can't really remember it, huh? so... I, I'm really sorry, I can't quite hear you, the connection being a bit lagging. Is it okay now? What? Hello? One second. Is that better? Hello. Hello. Hey, I can use that better now. Can you hear me? Yeah, sorry, I was switching over to my phone's internet. I do apologize. Okay. Can you hear you a little better now, yeah. Um, so my next question is if you could take over programming um of a venue, what would what would you put in place like for a venue? Like it could be comedy, could be musicals, could be plays. Ah, uh, of a of a specific uh, venue. Any venue, any like fringe venue you like. Um, I, hmm, I'd say I'd love. To have more explore some of the shows and out put a bit more uh, creativity behind some of the shows at Pleasant. I think it's a fantastic programming team that there's so much and so many great shows going on. Um, what I'd love to see more of there are, as I said, the new like companies and like I'd love to put in place like you know a minimum quota for like X amount of venues are reserved. X amount of like venue spaces are reserved in order to showcase new work and showcase new talent and give the you know name and focus of the Pleasant Olympic for the extra you know support to these shows that would allow be rather than you know having established comedians who have already done uh you know huge shows and weekend tour and like you know cross country tours and things like that. I think it can be great to do and obviously you need the income for itself, but just making sure that there's more of an emphasis on like new scripts and including things like new things like drag artists, spoken words, not just the blend of stand-up comedy and theatre and just diversifying the sort of like talent pool. Yeah, that sounds good. It's just like it's all very well like you get well-known people like well-known shows but it's also nice to give new theater a chance to gain traction and gain a following exactly and you know you have the big people who sell out the thousand seat capacity ones you know you know your nina contes people like that and that is great and i'm really happy for them but i also just want to make sure that there's more of a space carved out and promotional space carved out to provide this extra in-house uh space for these new workers that sounds good um um why should an audience pick your show like say in the program or when you're flying over i think someone it else's? should 
I think the, they should pick the, our show for two main reasons. One, it's a very unique script. It blends mixes of poetry, uh, you know, performance, but then elements of spirituality. And uh, the writer has taken a lot of influence from her own Zimbabwe culture uh, and info and the belief system there in order to incorporate that into the show. And you get this fantastically blended script of all these different tones that really carries across the character in such a prominent way but simultaneously I think I need to watch it because I think it brings to light and sort of brings to mind a lot of the issues of street harassment that we've seen you know increasingly made prominent over the last few years although they've always been there of course although in Scott in Edinburgh itself during the fringe there does tend to be like an uptick in these sort of levels of harassment due to the number of people and alcohol that's consumed and I think this show it may if you're someone, for instance, you know, a man who hasn't really thought about it before um, or doesn't think it's a big deal. It sort of like showcases the actual problem, makes it clear like, oh, why it's not just, you know, someone making an off comment or why it's something that they can just be brushed off. And so it brings it to light. But it also, it's not about, you know, wallowing in the tragedy of it. It's about being angry. It's about making a response. And it's about finding strength in the in yourself in community in identity that can allow you to overcome your feelings of fear and give you that power in order to gain your strength back after it's been taken from you in these acts it also does some great work at exposing how a lot of the institutional support that's supposed to be in place fails to actually prevent the actual cases i mean it's, it's at the point where 96 97 percent of young women between the age of 18 and 24 are likely to experience street harassment during that time and if that's the numbers you basically go to somewhere it's decriminalized so i think it get, puts your anger in the right direction but i also think it gives you a great sense of hope and joy and pride in yourself yeah um it's just like what i think is some people i'll say this really carefully so some people think they're just everybody's complaining complaining like when they use the word Karen or something like that. So it's, it is in fact real. It's not people making stuff of it. It's actually a thing that happens. I've, I think that the level of disconnect between people is certainly a great eight um, motivator in these sort of harassment where you get people sort of like seeing uh, you know, random people on the street thinking that they are entitled to that space, not really getting a sense of their boundaries or their personal limits and all their personal, you know, privacy. But I also think, you know, there's it's a great deal of, of to be remembered that a lot of it comes to like power and control. It's about a man, if a man catcalls uh, a young girl, it's not because he thinks she's really going to turn around and be enamored by him. It's because he, he wants to have that sense of power over her. He wants to have that authority and weight over her. And I think that that's as a system is very much built into the structures of our society and something that should definitely be changed. And I hope this show showcases the fact that the people who do that, they don't have, they don't really have power. They're just trying to claim it. That sounds brilliant. Yeah, it's, it's just so, some people are so, so sort of controlling and yeah. they just, it's sort of um, in a way, like just can you not just be nice and be a nice person it's not hard 
if you don't agree with something, just don't say anything. Or, or you can say something that will be diplomatic and be nice. It's, do you know? I, I think people want to claim the weight to their own authority over other people. I think if they think they see something, they think they have the immediate right to just, you know, call something out if they think if they think it's funny or they, they think it's fine and not really think about the other person as a human who has to endure that and has feelings as a result of that. And I think, you know, seeing the other per a hu person as a human being, as a person with emotional wants, needs, securities, limitations, needs to be given focus before enga engaging and just trying to put, make yourself feel better through an arduous comment. Yeah, that sounds, yeah, it, it, it all sounds brilliant. Um, so my sort of last question-ish is, what are your top tips for surviving the fringe? Uh, <laughs> top, okay, uh, should we go with three? Yeah. Uh, number one, don't plan everything in advance. I know if you're there, say, for a week, it's easy to just, um, you know, book all your tickets in advance and, you know, get everything in itineraries and on your calendar. I think letting, playing things to chance, being open-minded people, talking to flyers, I know it's easy to brush them off, but I've had some of the most interesting conversations with people when they're promoting their own show and you know you get to understand and have that interesting conversation i think that's great uh number two is pace yourself you don't need to spend every minute of every day walking between venues and walking between shows you are allowed to take a break you're allowed to go do something else you're allowed to take a bit of time to relax to not go out for drinks that evening to just take a morning where you just have breakfast and have that time for yourself so pace it that way and my third one is, and this is more for like creative workers for the people bringing shows up there it's okay that you're making mistakes it's okay that you feel overwhelmed or you're self-doubting or you're at the point where you're just you've had that emotional breakdown and you're just worried about how it reflects on you and your talent and your career everyone is feeling like that everyone is questioning themselves the whole time and those mistakes that happen you will learn from them you will grow and it doesn't define you as a work person or as a creative you've got this i just want to say thank you for listening to this episode if you want to find more about me follow me on all social media at tim talks theater uh, visit tim for such podcasts or if you want to learn more about the shows I've interviewed, go to tintalksitter.co.uk forward slash edfringe. Thank you for listening. I hope you, I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Don't forget to share it with your friends and family. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Stage Spot podcast. You can find Tim Talks Theatre on social media. We're on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter, which is now called X. You can also visit our website, timtalkstheatre.co.uk, or you can send me an email, timtalkstheatre at gmail.com.